Welcome to What's On Your Mind with me, Janie Rod. Marcy Mayer is a stand-up comedian in Brooklyn, New York. She's also got another job, but I will not ruin the surprise because it was a surprise for me when I heard it. Marcy and I go back to college and this episode is really cool. It's kind of like a time capsule because I actually recorded this about four or five months into the pandemic and she was one of my first episodes that I ever recorded and it's just kind of been sitting there on my Google Drive and and I'm so glad I finally edited this together. We actually ended up talking for almost an hour and a half, which is I think why I was just delaying putting this together, but I've got an episode for you all and I really, really hope you enjoy it. Hey, Marcy Mayer, what's on your mind? Hey, Janny Rad, it's good to see you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I A couple things are on my mind right now. Um, there's a lot of things on everyone's mind because we're trapped inside for the first time in history, but I'm not going to talk all that much about that. What's on my mind is Brooklyn real estate. I am a real estate agent in Brooklyn, and it has been turned upside down. <laughs> I didn't know you were a real estate agent. Girl... I found out who I was and what I'm about in the last year and everything (laughs) else has been prologue. Like I, you don't even know who I am at this point because uh, I, I came into myself in the last year. So I love that. Well, you know what, what I always tell people is like your story changes and and I was a part of your story and I knew your story about 10 years ago and your Mm -hmm. story now has a new chapter in it. And that's absolutely okay. I'm so excited to learn about this new chapter of Marcy. Yeah. Um, I, I have a feeling I know what you're about because, um, I just saw you get engaged. Um, and I've been following your saga and I, we have mutual friends. Um, what are you up to right now? Or is that not something, is that something we talk about later? You want to talk about? You can ask me that now. Of course. What are you up Um, up to now? Well, I was literally about to show you my engagement ring and I forgot that I'm trying to be responsible with it. And we went kayaking this morning, so I took it off and irresponsibly I didn't put it back on so <laughs> wow are you even engaged I um I think I am I called him my fiance earlier and he didn't look at me like I was an idiot so I should uh, try that I should just call <laughs> someone my fiance and now I have one yeah you know you never know someone might just be like yeah you know what I'm feeling frisky today <laughs> Let's I, do it. I, I'm ready I'm ready <laughs> for the commitment Lifelong commitment. Yeah, I mean, okay, but I am more than my relationship to a man. I am also me. Uh, (laughs) Okay, I work in Memphis, Tennessee. My full time job is that I work in Memphis. I work at um, one of like the largest healthcare providers there, Mm -hmm. and I run a data analytics center for the hospital. And I absolutely love my job. And it's the best job I've ever had in my life. Best people, best hospital system. Um, But with COVID, my job has obviously looked a little different. So Mm -hmm. I can't interact with people as much as I can because I, about two months into it, I started working from home. I I haven't been working as from home as long as other people. But um, once I did transition to work from home, I was like, yo, this is different. (laughs) So I realized I just had so much more free time at home. I realized every single activity that I do is somewhere that is either around people or just has people involved. And I really had to just like flip the script a little bit. So I had thought about wanting to do a podcast for so long. So I was just like, you know what? Now's a better time than any. Let's use that evening uh, wisely and don't just sit there and watch Netflix until you rot away. So 
Absolutely. I'm so impressed, by the way. I didn't see it coming, and I didn't know that you'd always want to do a podcast. That's always, it's always been in the back of my mind because I grew up doing so much theater. Like, I think, like, I, I've always been a performer at heart, and I've just, you know, I think also seeing you doing stand up in Chapel Hill inspired me to get into stand up because people have told me, like, I just have, like, a naturally, like, rhythmic comedy to me <laughs> comedy, comedy is often about timing and you're the rhythm and, and pace at which you speak is really funny so I am not surprised at all that someone told you to do comedy thank you thank you so much well I mean I feel the same about you and so I like dabbled in a little, a little bit in it in DC but did it secretly and like didn't tell anybody because I was like I don't want people to know I don't know I got nervous and then I first and then when I first moved to Memphis like I went to a couple like story slams and I was like ooh like this is cool like I feel like I can tell like funny stories um and then I got nervous again I don't know like it's weird that I don't get stage fright but this was the first time where I feel like it's a different kind of performance like as a as an actor I'm so used to being like with people and I don't know it's like the interaction was different I felt more vulnerable okay I don't know I, I felt more vulnerable and I felt more exposed and I was like I really like this but I, I'm scared and so finally then with the podcast I was like you know what like maybe this can be my version of stand-up or my version of of like storytelling and I will have the safety net of being behind a screen <laughs> Isn't it so funny that we will um, get in front of a crowd or like do something extremely vulnerable, but as soon as people in our life know about it, it totally changes our willingness to do it. Like it's, I, it's so weird. Like I tell people I do stand up, but I don't tell them when and where my shows are. <laughs> so I don't, I don't, I don't know why. I don't want like people in my life coming. I know. Um, it's too funny. You know, that's, I actually removed that line, I think from my bio, like I had put in my bio, um, like when I came here to Memphis and needed to have a bio, I was like, Oh, like Janie, you know, you might see her performing or watching stand up somewhere. And all my friends were like, what you do stand up. And I was like, Oh no, I don't know how that got in there. <laughs> Yeah, the intern I had uh, redo my uh, resume. Um, <laughs> they just put that in there as a joke. It's my, I'm, I'm not a stand-up comedian, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just got so it's very vul it's very vulnerable. But get, I mean, it's still a performance, but there's just something that's more of a personable personal element to it. Where um, I don't know, it's just like you're putting yourself a little bit more out there. Which I mean, I kind of do that with a podcast too. But again, I feel like I'm just a little bit more protected. Um, yeah. But tell me about, tell me about you. Um, so I, my, I had this lifelong dream of moving to New York City. Okay. And I would, I would tell people about it every now and then I'd be like, Hey, you know, like I'd whisper it into a pot in the corner. I'd be like, I want to move to New York. You know, yeah. like I, I kind of kept this to myself, but people thought I wanted to move here for comedy, but I wanted to move here. Hustle, bustle. There's more than like three races in my hometown. You know, mm, like yeah. I want to live somewhere where there's um different people and different thoughts and feelings and um a place you know a, I also truly wanted to live somewhere where people mind their own business um mm. and that is not the south um yeah I was gonna say that seems very much New York you have more than three races and everyone is very independent yeah seriously <laughs> I um the something I didn't like about the south is that um people just get into each other's business because they have nothing better to do. Like, yeah. they'll just be like, mm, that's an interesting outfit choice. And you're just like, get a hobby. Like, get a, <laughs> a part-time job. Do whatever you need to do to mind your own business. Um, I visited New York a couple times. 
fell in love, like it all came to life. And I was like, this is, this is where I want to go. Um, then I meet this boy oh. and um, I'm just, I, I was like poised to move. And then I meet this really great guy. And I don't, I always made fun of women who made big life decisions um, based like around men and then I made a big life decision based on a man and I stayed in North Carolina a little bit longer okay then he got a job up here and we moved up here and I made oh. it and it happened are you still with the same person mm-hmm. oh we're that's going, so lovely I know you're going steady is that what you were gonna say we're going on four years, uh, four years. but we, we are going steadily <laughs> on four years <laughs> that's awesome well congratulations to your person and congratulations to you Thank you. Will um, you tell me how you got into real estate? Because I, I am just... I, that may have been your original question. And I just started talking about my romance with New York. Um, so I, 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 we get here and I start interviewing for jobs. Yeah. Um, and I'm not getting them. It's because I have no skills at the time. I just have... I have none. I've been someone who just went from like office job to office job or being a temp. Um, but that knowing. gave you a solid sense of humor. It truly does. Which is a skill. Absolutely. It's absolutely like a skill because like, especially customer service jobs. Yeah. Um, so I sit down with this interview with this, this man. Um, and he's not all that particular about my resume. He's like, you got a car? And I was like, no. He's like, you got kids? And like, no. And he's like, just the boyfriend, right? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like he's, um, so he explains like real estate to me and he explains what being an agent is. And he's like, you don't make any money until you make a sale, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, okay, sure. And he's like, are you uh, ready to make some flipping money? Um, and I was like, okay. And he hires me on the spot. Um, and were you nervous or skeeved out at all? Um, I, for the first month I was there, I was like, this is a scam. <laughs> like, um, I'm doing all this free real estate research for someone mm. and I have signed no paperwork that indicates <laughs> I work here. Like this is a scam. Um, but I didn't have any other prospects. And the more I read about the industry, the more I was like, it's not unusual to like not make any money for like months. Eventually, my first deal goes through, and I'm like, okay, this is not a scam. Like, this is a real job that I really have. So I just start learning under this um, broker that's been doing it for 30 years, um, and I just get fascinated. Um, and it turns out all the skills that I got from my previous one-year jobs, you know, um, come together. Cause wow. As a, yeah. As a paralegal, I learned how to look up real estate records, like... I learned customer service at a car shop. I learned like all these things and they came together and my path is before me. I That is amazing. You, you know what? You're like the prime example of when I tell people that like they shouldn't feel lost. And like, you know, all the different life experiences that they have, it, you're going to learn something out of it. You'll learn something you like or you won't learn something you don't like. And then finally, when you like find that thing, you're going to be like, holy crap, <laughs> like yes. everything makes sense. Like I'm so happy for you. Yes. Yeah. No, it, it really did come together at the, at the last possible moment where I was just be like, I just need to either like get a real job or get pregnant at this <laughs> point. You know, like I was just like, I need to figure out what I'm doing. Yeah. Wow. That's so cool. Wow. Yeah. When you said real estate in Brooklyn, I was like, eh? 
Brooklyn? Like, does she know someone in real estate in Brooklyn? Because she's not an agent. No, oh, I am that's one. That's so cool. Marcy Mayer, real estate agent. I am Marcy Mayer, real estate agent. Oh my gosh. If you don't have a badge or a card or something, let me at least make that for you because that sounds super legit. <laughs> it's so funny because like it's so easy to get a license here. <laughs> like I passed the test with minimal studying, you know, like and I, I didn't study at all and I got it. Now I'm an agent. Um wow. but there's a lot of opportunity here. There's a lot of competition, but there's a lot of opportunity too. Mm, I, I used to look at people like you and I was like, they've just been on their path and they know what they're about and what they're going to be doing. And I know. And then it happened. And yeah, it now, just happens. You, know, you, make your, you make your own path. I don't believe in like, oh, there's a path for everyone and you just have to find it. Like you, you may, you've been making your own path because where you are today wouldn't have happened if you haven't had those jobs and you didn't develop that really cool smorgasbord of skills. You're right. That's true. Yeah. I need a pocket, Janny. Oh. I just like, whenever, whenever I'm like doubting myself, I'll just be like, you, be like, you make your own path. And I'll be like, yeah, <laughs> Go pocket Jenny. You know, I have always dreamt, dreamed, dreamt. I've always Be- dreamt of, is that the word? I've always dreamt of having my own swag, like merch. <laughs> and usually people do like books and cups and bags, but I should just make mini me's. That's yeah. not cocky or pretentious, right? Is no. Is purpose? No, it's branding. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <Yeah. laughs> Believe in yourself. Believe in your brand. Yeah. Pocket Jenny. Pocket Jenny. I'm, I'm down. I just have to find somebody that will make me. <laughs> All right. It's time for a quick break. And let's get back to it. Right now in Brooklyn, um, there are mass vacancies. Um, I mean, it's more Manhattan than Brooklyn. Um, the virus hit us hardest and first. Um, although, you know, there's no telling what's going to happen in the rest of the country. But, you know, people were reading about what was going on in New York and stuff. Like, it was it was pretty bad early, like March, April, May. Um, and all the rich people who have more than one home left, um, mm-hmm. all the rich people that could just afford to leave left, um, people who, whose leases left up or um, went up, you know, in the last six months, moved back to wherever they're from. And it kind of seems like New York is operating on the skeleton crew, people who live here. Yeah. Like, and they have not a skeleton crew, but like, you know, if something like approaching like half a million people leave, it's a big deal, even in a city of 8 million. I fell in love with the city and and I moved here last a year ago on this time. And um, you know, I experience it. I get like five or six months of like, oh, greatest city in the world, bright lights, big city. Like I get all of it. And then like, it's all gone so quickly. Um, and it, it makes you realize how fragile post-industrialized society is. Mm. Like, I, okay. Um, I read an inappropriate tweet, which I will censor. Um, <laughs> I forget the source, and it's wrong to share something without the source, but I'm going to. Um, And it was just like, uh, COVID is, you know, a black light, and America, the United States, was just a DNA-covered hotel room. (laughs) (laughs) It really shined a light on how fragile things are here. Um, Oh, yeah. 
you know, like some people, people live to go to like four or five star restaurants and see Broadway plays every week. You know, like there's, there's people that could indulge that much and they could just leave whenever things went wrong. Um, So now speaking of content, (laughs) I know this is not like you literally just said that I'm citing somebody else and this wasn't your content, but you, you post really relatable content, at least to me. Like, um, I think one of the funniest things I saw that you posted and you were like, I get hit on more wearing my mask with than without my mask. What does that say about me? And I laughed so hard because the same thing has been happening to me. <laughs> and now I'm just like, at first I was like kind of offended. Like, where did all this, like, why didn't you all cat call me before? <laughs> this, it hurts so bad, Jay. <laughs> like, oh my goodness, my face, my face has been holding me back this whole time. But our eyes are moving us forward. Yeah, no, I was going to say, like, if we just have, like, a bomb eyeliner and mascara game, we don't yeah. have to put on foundation. We can mm. just, we can just go up. Yeah, I use my mask as like my accessory now because I'm just like, you know, I'm I'm fine covering up my face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, apparently it works really well for me. I'm laughing so I don't cry. I know, me too. But I just I remember seeing that and I was like, that is I I'm sadly really empathize with this. <laughs> I I try to post things like jokes like that online because like I I like self-deprecating humor. Um it's really easy to rag on other people. Um, I like self-deprecating humor like that just because like there's someone who relates to this. There's someone who's going through it. And if not, it's funny to laugh at, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, well, I think you find a, just, I'm going to toot your comedian horn a little bit here because I feel like you find that line to where like, it doesn't make me want to cry for you. Like, you know, sometimes you hear some comedians where all they do is self-deprecation and like, it gets to the point where it's like, oh my gosh, like you don't like yourself at all. And I'm very (laughs) concerned for your sake of being a human, but like for you, I hear it and I'm just like, that's relatable. Like you, you, you've done it in such a beautiful way. And I, if I, I love your comedy and I want everyone to go follow you because I'm like, I'm your biggest fan. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jamie. Um, I appreciate that. Um, I, I do have, I, now I'm like, you didn't even mean this. And in fact, we're saying the opposite, but now I'm just like, do I have too much like self like deprecating stuff? Um, that's the mind of a comedian. We're like, you say something, you're like, does that apply to me though? Like, are people, <laughs> will people laugh because they think, mm. um, no, I laugh. You make me laugh every time. You've, you've killed it in terms of my type of humor. So <laughs> like, I've, I've never seen you perform and go, oh my gosh, I'm worried for Marcy. Like I've never, I've never had that reaction. I'm always just like, she sees the inner thoughts of my brain. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, there's some, um, going to open mics, there's definitely, I mean, when open mics happened, there was definitely sometimes you would see someone set and you'd be like, you know, like, hey, Siri, remind me to check on this person in a week. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God. Um, real. <laughs> it's funny, the the cross section of mental health and people in comedy, it's, it's a very big um circle. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's um, less of a Venn diagram and more of just two overlapping circles. <laughs> yeah. um, there's a lot of talk about that actually um, in comedy right now. Mm. There's like, I, I wrote a joke um, about like, 
the gender race combination of comedians and what they're going to talk about in their set. You know, I'm a white man, so (laughs) hate me, right? (laughs) You know, like Call of Duty and jokes that demean women, you know, like I haven't, um, I haven't fleshed it out completely because I'm trying to find a way to talk about people different than me respectfully. Um, But the one that I joke about white women is like, I'm going to joke about my mental health and therapy and sex because I'm not supposed to. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, so many women just like go really, really gross sexual or just extremely sexual. Yeah. Because they're just like, I'm a woman and I'm not supposed to be talking about these things. All right. So let's do the 180 and just tell every single detail because at that point, then there's no privacy at all. Like, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like just because we want to empower you doesn't mean that I just want to, you know, just privacy is still a thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, there's some folks that have told jokes that I'm just like, I have a very good picture of what, what happens to you when you're alone with (laughs) with someone you're into. It's so like, uh, after COVID people started doing open mics, either like out, I mean, for a while, they, no one was doing anything, but um, now they're doing shows like on rooftops. Oh. Um, like someone will just be like, I have access to a roof, you know, and they're doing like online. Um, and How are those? Have you participated in any of them? I have. Okay. Um, it's very different um, because the purpose of an open mic is to try material you're not sure about. Um, and I was, I used in Chapel Hill, I used to go to Zogs. Um, oh, yeah. Zongs had a great open mic on Tuesday night. Still does. Um, it's online now. I would go and I would be like, you know what? I'm not comfortable with the world hearing these jokes, but I'm comfortable with the 20 people in this bar hearing these jokes and like me flesh out, you know, this joke. And now that it's online, it's like anyone can see it. You're still not sure about it. You don't know if it's a good joke or a joke that makes you look good. You're, you're just trying to flesh out an idea and it's being recorded. <laughs> I never thought about that. Why don't they cap those at like 20 people? Like viewers? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm sure. Um, I'm sure they probably could do that. Um, it's The hard thing is like getting anyone to view it live, you know, oh. like, because mm. um, sometimes I'll, I'll see, you know, like five people are watching and sometimes I'll see like 15 people are watching, but I think it's more likely that people tune in later and it's just like, I don't know oh that I want that to happen. Yes. Like, then it means like your rough draft comedy is just out there into the world. Yeah, yeah. I um, I I made this one joke. I I I have been told it, the idea is funny, but I don't know that the joke I wrote is funny. Mm. Um, I made this one joke in um in Brooklyn. There's a huge population of. Marcy proceeds to tell the joke that she has since learned that it is not a joke for the public ears. But Marcy, thank you for trusting me in the moment with your joke. I just thought it was like totally, I thought it was a funny joke. And then there was a little bit of silence and I was like, okay, so that's where we draw the line. Okay, Like I'm comfortable with the line being there, but like, I don't know. It was weird that this man just rejected me outright. (laughs) But that joke is out. I mean, I said it on your podcast, so now it's a moralized double. <laughs> but um, I, it's just weird that I can't like try and flesh out something that I'm not sure about. Right. You've lost. You've lost the workshop space. It's now like instead of everything being workshopping, everything now is like it's a performance, and that yeah. 
man, if I didn't feel vulnerable before, I'd feel vulnerable now. So heck Mm -hmm. no, I'm not doing any of these. (laughs) Yeah. I've only done a couple. I have friends who do it every week, but they're like comedians, comedians. So like- You're a comedian, comedian. They, they like, that's how they make a living or like they, they do random like odd jobs online or something. Mm -hmm. Um, and I like, I have like a profession, but I also like do comedy too. Yeah. So like, they can take more risks because, like, it's their job. And I'm like, mm, I'm real, mm. I just want you to like me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. How um, do you have on your resume that you're Lewis Black's favorite? Because I tell that to people all the time about you. I wonder if he even remembers who I am anymore. <laughs> um, I opened for him twice, and I that was, like, seven years ago or something. And really? Because I, I still replay that like it was just, like, a few days ago. I'm just like, yeah, Marcy's great. Like, Lewis Black, like, picked her as a winner. <laughs> oh, my, he did. He, yeah. he, he was very kind in a very Lewis Black fashion. Sure. You know, like, not, not overly kind, but he was just like, you're all right. And yeah. that's, like, sort of, like, getting you're a all right, kid. <laughs> you're all, you, you're gonna make it. Um, and... Uh, I'm so scared of bragging about that. See, here, here's the self-conscious comedian again. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like plenty of really cocky ones, but the subset, there's some self-conscious ones. I just feel like you're, that's a, that's a stamp of honor. That's a badge of honor. And I would yeah. wear that proudly. I need to wear it. I need to brag more about it. Marcy, it's just lovely having you. And I'm so glad we got to catch up after so long. Um, I am a fan of your comedy. I want other people to be a fan of your comedy and just you as a human. So where mm-hmm. can people find you online? What are all the places? Um, so I am on Instagram as Marcy Talks Happy. Um, it originally started off as an inspirational account and you'll see like really old, like pos- be positive memes. Um, but then I gave up and now it's just funny. <laughs> That's great. And my Twitter is Mayor the Cat, M-A-I-E-R, um, the cat. And it's, I retweet funnier people than me and then I tweet funny things sometimes. I I don't know if I, I just made a Twitter, so I don't want you to be offended that I don't follow you, but I'm going to follow you right now. I'm taking it personally right now. (laughs) (laughs) I just love it. And, um, when, when you are performing in shows, I know you said that you don't necessarily publicize it, but if you were to publicize that you're performing somewhere, I'm guessing you would publicize it on your socials. Yes, I would. Cool. All right. Well, thanks, Marcy. Thank I just, you so I, much. I hope that there are more fans of you out there. Y'all, seriously, Marcy is, I think, the funniest person that I personally know in my life. Like, <laughs> I, I think I have watched you perform stand-up, I mean, countless number of times. <laughs> it never gets old. And even, like, like, some of the jokes that you have down and you do, it's still, like, every time it gets me. There's something about your delivery that is, even though, like, you've obviously practiced and you've rehearsed the jokes, your delivery is always just so in the moment. And I don't, I don't know what, you're, you're really good at what you do, man. Thank you so much, Shani. Thank you for plugging me. I hope <laughs> everyone who's interested in podcasts, starting one, takes your class, and reaches out. Thanks. And if anybody wants to get into stand-up, contact Marcy. Marcy, yeah. Marcy's been doing this for years, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> well, thanks. Uh, thanks for being on the podcast. This is lovely. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode or any other episode, please rate, review, subscribe, follow, all of the things. Thank you to all the supporters and sponsors of What's On Your Mind. Check out jannyrod.com for my latest updates. Well, friends, till next week. <laughs>